there's no money tree in the backyard for me to pick. Like I, you know, I, it's not, it doesn't happen, not in my life, you know? So I've had to start from ground zero. And uh, when you're dealing with another realtor that is not treating you properly or treating you how you feel you should be treated, and you're bringing somebody to the table, especially when you're doing it, like there's been many a times where I've told people, well, I would not buy this house and here's why, da, 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 da. And when you're, for, when you're starting out and you're advising people that way and you're not thinking about putting food on your table because you want to take care of them first and then you find that perfect house for them or whatever and the other agent's screwing you over, that can get very emotional. This guy is literally pulling food off my table. Hello and welcome to the Agent Podcast with your host, that's me, Raymond Sholseth. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome to the Agent Podcast. I'm here with my buddy Clint from Ontario, Canada. Clint, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Raymond, for having me. And uh, yeah, very excited to be here. Uh, I'm very excited to to uh, have a conversation with you and uh you know we're not too far apart but we are in different uh countries and <laughs> so it'd be interesting uh you know just to look on the other side of things yeah so i'm excited to uh dive in so clint why real estate well um my background uh, i was in the insurance business for almost 20 years and uh when i was in that business uh some uh, friends and family were in the real estate business and I had always kind of thought, yeah, you know, that's 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 a great job. It could be really rewarding. And then they've usually a couple of them would say to me, you know, you're a natural. You'd be really great at this career. Um, but when I was in the insurance business, what I particularly liked was the renewals year after year. That If you were good and you kept uh, kept your clients happy and did a good job, that that would keep renewing. So that source of income. You know, it was more of a, a the recurring revenue model. Yeah. Yeah. It was more of a comfort blanket for me kind of thing. Right. And we're in real estate. You're constantly meeting new people and, and et cetera, et cetera. And at the time, I kind of felt, uh, yeah, I'm not too sure. Um, but the, the last insurance brokerage I, I worked for that, that was it. I'm like, no, forget it. This is you're not you're truly not. Uh, owning or running your own book of business uh, where in real estate you're you're more in control it's almost like franchising which i don't mind the 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 people at the very top of the the ivory tower let's say that make uh, the choices of how the brand should look what the color should look like how the marketing looks like that's great i don't have to try and figure that out or rely on that uh, or rely on myself to try and do that. Like they're doing that, but I'm out there, I'm the boots on the ground and I'm running, you know, my little show here myself and I'm doing it the way I want to do it, obviously within the rules and whatnot. And again, you do a good job and uh, you, you treat, you know, your customers properly and keep them happy and everything will fall into place. So what was, what were you doing specifically in insurance? Were you working for an agency? Did you own an agency? Were you a broker? What was happening? Yeah. Um, so basically there's different titles throughout the provinces. And I know in the U S it can work different, you know, throughout the different States. Um, but here in Ontario, I was an insurance broker. Okay. Um, and our interpretation of a broker is 
you're the middle person. You're bringing uh, the insurance company and the private people uh, together and into a contract and you're facilitating both sides. You're you're telling your, your clients, this is how this contract works. This is what happens if, you know, this will happen if that happens and this is what you owe. But you're representing your clients dealing with the insurance companies because you, you know more, you know how to deal with them and vice versa. I have a relationship with the insurance company, but you know, I need to communicate to the to, to the, the clients like this is a good company or no, let's not do this kind of thing. Um, so technically, it was a broker. It was somewhere, some way along the lines of the law of agency up here. Uh, there were companies, we call them direct writers, where they're the insurance company and you're dealing with them direct. So they're not there to advise you or look after your best interests, but they're they're selling you their product where a brokerage I represent X number of companies and I can move them wherever I see fit, so to speak, within reason. For real estate up here, it's kind of the same thing. We don't call ourselves brokers unless we have that specific uh, uh, training and education to, to hold that uh, title. We call ourselves sales uh, salespersons and it basically, um, it's basically it works within the law of agency, but if I if I'm doing fiduciary duties to the clients, then there is a service of care that's owed and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, where if it's customer duties, it's just like I'm just giving you simple, honest answers, and I'm not exactly representing you, but I'm helping you. It can be a little convoluted, and which way's which, but that that's basically the the gist of it. So it seems like a very natural transition to go from an insurance broker to a real estate salesperson specifically because that you're bridging the client's needs, right? Yes, correct. When I was in the insurance business, I, I used to say I have three bosses. I have the insurance company, I have the client, and I have my boss, the, the person that owns the brokerage, and not in that order, but I need to make sure these three are happy and they're looked after and bring those three together where in real estate here, um, I represent the company and I represent the client's best interest. And I go out and find like wherever we're getting, whatever other uh, real estate brokerage we're dealing with, I'm I'm not part of them. I represent this side. Uh, So it's a little more like I represent this person where insurance I'm representing three different you know, like there's a there's three different people to keep happy. Put it that way. As far as in the insurance business, reading the contracts and reading all the little small print saying, yeah, you know, you can pay this, but if you do that, we won't pay you. Or if you do this, we'll pay you. You know, and then getting into real estate where here's the set of clauses and and here's sets of uh, conditions. They're all different. Um, you know, here's all the legal wording. You need to interpret that to the uh, to your client. Um, so that that part was a natural fit, part of knowing how to keep people happy, like employers and customers and companies like, you know, that's a natural. Uh, the biggest learning curve at all was in insurance. It was simple to say, hey, look, I'd love to look at your insurance and see if I can help you out and I'll tell you what I can do or what I can't do for you. 
nobody likes paying insurance. I don't like paying insurance. Where real estate, <laughs> real estate, like, hey, you, you want to sell your house? Well, you know, it's real estate is more standoffish. Like, whoa, hey, this is more personal than insurance. Insurance is not personal at all. Like, yeah, I drive this car, I work here, I live here. How much, how much are you going to make me pay, right? Right. Where real estate, it's like, whoa, this is my house. This is hundreds of thousands of dollars, and it, it's money. It's it, it's more of a personal thing. Like I, I find in uh, real estate, uh, they're they're defending from when nobody's attacking, uh, you know, kind of thing. And and that's the way I've been coached, and and it makes a lot of makes a lot of sense. So, how long have you been a real estate agent now? This is my sixth year and every year has been better than the last. And uh, it was full time. I started in real estate full time. And um, yeah, I'm here. I'm still standing. <laughs> well, congratulations, number one. Um, but I see the Century 21 signs behind you. Have you been yes. with Century 21 for all six years? Yes. So before insurance, uh, uh, when I was in college here, in uh, Peterborough, Ontario, one of my college buddies, uh, when we left college, he college when we left college, he started at this office and has been with this office basically ever since. And you know, I went my way and went into the insurance business. We stayed in touch over the years, and and when uh, there was more than a few instances that came up in the insurance that really made me question, like. You know, like if you don't agree with it and you don't agree with what's going on, I can't, I can't live like this. I cannot, I cannot pretend, I can't fake any, like I can't fake it. I can't say, no, this is a great business. If it's not, forget it. I want nothing to do with it. But um, so near the end there, I had uh, my college buddy who was my manager and my coach here. You know, I had called him up and said, hey, you know, uh, fill me in on this uh, real estate gig again. Like, what's what's the deal? Here's here's what I'm afraid of, and here's my you know uh, what I want to accomplish. Uh, you know, moving forward, and uh, I trust him, and I, I you know I everything that he was saying seemed to make sense to me. And uh, when I started, this is the first brokerage I've ever started at, and it's the only brokerage I've been at. And I never really interviewed any other brokerages to say, well, what do you offer? What's your fees? Or no, I trust them. I'm a big, uh, I think building relationships is worth more than commission. So I, you know, that's, that's how I feel personally. And uh, that's why I'm here. I love it. With this brand. And I, and I agree, like, I agree with what he's saying. If, if I didn't agree, I'd be just like, yeah, you know, sorry. Like, trust you but don't really agree with that <laughs> so i i do like the brand i do like what they're doing but everything just makes sense here to me what are a couple things that you've taken away from him in the six years that's really helped you um, focus and stay disciplined to build your business Ooh, hardcore question <laughs> um yeah, my uh, the, the person I spoke talking about is Doug. So you know, moving forward, when I say Doug, that's who I'm res referencing. Okay. He's helped me a lot with uh, the emotions of the business. It can become a very an emotional business. Uh, so that is a big, big asset. Setting up the business and uh, staying focused, looking at things 
in certain ways that has been a big help and he's also called me out on a, on a, you know things here and there uh, like you know what Clint you shouldn't have done it like I don't think you should have done it this way and here's why and it's constructive criticism and and I crave it and that's what I like where I found with some other uh, you know employers or whatnot like don't do that you're wrong like that's not that's not helpful where his approach is just like let me let's kind of dissect this and walk through this a little bit more step by step and here's a different way of looking at it yeah it's more constructive it's more helpful and uh, not to give my wife a plug or anything but she started her own business she's an excel developer and uh doug yeah excel developer what do they call it programming and development i think anyways i I, I don't have anything to do with Excel. Don't want to see it. Don't want to touch it. I don't even want to see the icon on my desk top. <laughs> I want nothing to do with it. Um, but Doug is my wife's uh, business coach as well. And a lot of times at home when I'm having pillow talk, first, you know, kind of say with my wife about my day or whatever, her and him are on the same wavelength. And I, I'm not, I don't see it there until I see it. So yeah, that kind of just shows you the connection and the, the value of the relationship for sure. Can we go back to the emotions of the business and talk about that? Yeah. What are some of the things that you can share with us when it comes to the emotions of the business? Um, it's whether money. it's it's money. Sure. When no, <laughs> when I was in the insurance business, without getting into details, because I'm not here to to sling mud or slag anybody, um, but the business that I was in, I owned what I produced and I was pushed out the back door and I wasn't paid for what I produced. Um, and again, I'm not here to sling mud and whatever, but it is what it is. And that was tuned to just under a hundred grand. And that that's quite a bit of money that you're expecting and your bills are still coming in. And when that tap is turned off, cause it's, it's commission only. And when that income is not coming in and you're relying to be paid what what you were told you're going to be paid, that it it can get tough. It, it can mess that's with hard, you. That's you a hard know? pill to swallow. Yeah, absolutely. And then then, uh, you know, it took me uh, it took me just under six months to get my um, real estate license and get in the business and all that kind of stuff. And. You know, it's like fifteen hundred bucks to join join the board. It's three hundred dollars a month, and like you know, there's no money tree in the backyard for me to pick. Like I, you know, I it's not, it doesn't happen not in my life. You know, so I've had to start from ground zero. And uh, when you're dealing with another realtor that is not treating you properly or treating you how you feel you should be treated, and you're bringing somebody to the table especially when you're doing it like there's been many a times where I've told people well, I would not buy this house and here's why da, 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 da. and when you're for when you're starting out and you're advising people that way and you're not thinking about putting food on your table because you want to take care of them first and then you find that perfect house for them or whatever and the other agents screwing you over or drag you know dragging you along and taking somebody else's offer over you and that, that can get very emotional it's like i'm getting this guy is literally pulling food off my table here at the time i didn't react very well to that at all um but i i've had to learn like okay look if it's going to be this way deal with it as best as you can and just say 
move on to the next one. It'll come, it'll come. It will not always be this hard. There will always be challenges. Just just this morning, I had a bit of a, a mess in the 11th hour of dealing with something. And it's like, this should have been disclosed days ago. And now I'm competing with two other people and you want me to deal, do business your way when you should have told me that right from the beginning. Like, <laughs> and but where I am now, the mind frame now, and the emo- where I've have my emotions, like yeah, I still get upset, and I did tell him my piece. Like you should have told me this days ago, not three hours before offer presentation. You know, like that's that's not right. But you know what? We'll be on to the next. So it's interesting because I always say that you know owning your own business, which you're doing as a real estate agent, there's two sides of the coin. You have professional development and you have personal development. And it's the two that come together that make you really good at what you do. Yeah. When you can understand both how you feel and why you feel the way you do and have the ability to communicate that, not just for yourself, but to your clients or to somebody that, you know, you have to have a hard conversation with. And there's a saying that the success in your life boils down to the level of communication in your relationships. And like that resonates so, so deep for me. And especially with these emotions that we're talking about, because, you know, being married, having kids, owning a business, being an agent, being an insurance agent, it's all emotional, period. Yeah. Yeah, it's business. But you're transacting based off emotion. So if you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, right, and you're having one of those days and you are more reactive versus being more responsive, it's going to change the direction of whatever that narrative may be like. Yeah, exactly. For you, how have you learned and adapted to develop that and channel that? Very good question. I think for the most part, when I was able to build the business to a certain point and look back and go, okay, every year is better than the last. I kind of, in a way, I truly believe for the most part, not all the time, but for the most part, one out of four is going to work out. It's, it seems to be a, a number that, that works. Um, I don't come up with this stuff myself, so I'm not here to say, hey, you know, one out of, I, I look for the smartest guy in the room, and if I agree with what he's saying, I'm going with that, you know, um, and basically from what I've, the way I've been trained and coached is one out of four people are going to lead to a deal, you know, so yeah, you, you could be running around with four different buyers or listings and well let's say buyers one out of four of them might work out the other three they might something might change they or they might say you know what i just went over here and bought bought a house from this builder and you're not included you know kind of thing it's gonna happen it's it's not gonna be the first time it's not gonna be the last time and the more i can just say done water off a duck's back on to the next you know the the way i've been coached is Again, one out of four deals is going to work out. So if I want, if I want to do a hundred deals, I need a four hundred people that are going to make some sort of, you know, transaction in real estate within a certain amount of time period. And I'm I'm not talking like yeah, next spring I might sell or next, 
two years when the kids get a little older or move out. Like, no, nah, I, I don't, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a hundred people or 400 people right now that have said to me, yes, I'm thinking of doing something very, very soon. And, you know, maybe 200 of them fizzle off because, oh, you know, I got a friend that does it. I didn't realize or family member. Hey, that's great. No problem. It's going to happen. Yep. And, you know, again, it's not the first time. It's not the last time. Maybe another uh, hundred people say, yeah, I've decided I'm going to wait till the election's over. I'm going to wait to see if the market cools down or the dollar bounces back or whatever it may be, or we're going to stay here from now on. We decided we're not. That's going to happen. As long as the intent was there that they were going to do something very within a reasonable amount of time, our, the way we're being coached is up to 90 days that they're going to make some sort of change. I'm not saying that's a correct number, but that's how we are being coached. Um, sometimes you can go outside of that and somebody says, look, give me six months to clean this place up and da, 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 da. And yeah, it'll still work out. Like you don't discard them because they're outside of that 90 day. Right. Um, but yeah, is it, I think that pretty much, I hope I'm answering your question. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's great. There, you know, there's no right or wrong answer, right? Like it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's an evolution. I think if you're a real estate professional, it is an evolution to get to wherever you are, Yeah, you know, towards where you want to go. And what that looks like is different for everybody because everybody has a different schedule. Everybody has different priorities. Everybody has a different goal, whether it's a income number or GCI or transactions or whatever the yeah. case may be. And that's the beauty about the real estate business. You can literally create whatever lifestyle you want as long as you know what you want. So if you know what you want, all the data is there and there's enough people that have done it before you to work backwards and help you figure out what yeah. you're trying to do. That, that stuff I've uh, learned from uh, the Rob Vivian coaching company. It's a real estate coaching company. They do uh, have clients in the U.S. And that has helped with my emotions a lot. Like, man, that one didn't work out. Okay, well, I got three more. <laughs> that one didn't work. Okay, great. I'm now, that, I'm, now to, I'm now closer. You know, and then maybe number three works out great too. And, you know, awesome. And then number four works out. Hey, awesome. I beat the odds. Right. But that that is what really helped with the emotions is trying to look at the numbers and understand, okay, that that didn't work out and as upset as you might be, that goes into that pile. And I, I think that's I hope that makes sense of what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, yeah, hundred percent. You know. Yeah, it's about harnessing your mindset, right? And understanding like what the real life outcome is going to be and accepting that. So you can do that daily work to turn the numbers that you need to get to where you want to go. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What uh, changing directions here, Clint, what are three things you wish you would have known prior to choosing the path of being a real estate agent? <laughs> I, w I wish somebody told me 20 years ago <laughs> about how this business works and not just said, oh, you'd be a natural idea. You should try it. <laughs> However, I think back then, uh, if I started this business 20 years ago, I, I, I really do believe when, say, say going back 20 years ago and you were successful and you had that type of money coming in that you can have in this business. Uh, honestly, I, I, 
I believe I would not been a, I would not have been a responsible enough a person to handle that type of success, let's say, if that makes sense. Okay. And I'm not saying going around, you know, doing drugs and partying at four o'clock in the morning every <laughs> yeah, day. Yeah. But I, I find when you're making a good money, there's a responsibility that comes with it as well. Sure. I, and I'm not, I don't want to say, I don't want to compare it to rock stars, you know what I mean? But let, let's say, for example, no. people that are movie actors or in that type of entertainment business where they're making huge amount of money and they're, they're doing mind boggling things. Like that's not saying I would act like that, but I definitely would not be responsible enough to uh, govern myself accordingly. Sure. <laughs> let's see. <laughs> Give me another, what else you got in that arsenal? I, I think more so of what you could build. Um, when I was getting into the real estate business, when I just exactly when I was in the insurance business, uh, it is a commission only uh, source of income. There, there's no benefits. There's no pension. Like, you know, I, I believe you guys would call it a 401k. Um, we call it Canadian pension plan, as far as I'm concerned, doesn't exist. When I was in the insurance business, okay, I'm going to build these clients, look after them, take care of them. And that's going to be my exit strategy. Yeah, right? That's your book of business. Yeah. Where in real estate, say 20 years ago, when somebody said, yeah, you'd be a natural at it. I just, I always thought you're constantly chasing your tail. Like you're constantly looking for new business, right? Uh, which is not the case now, but but in the insurance business, I could probably work my tail off for a good five to 10 years and throw the feet up on the desk for the next 20. And as long as the paperwork and people are happy, that money keeps coming in. It's not as big as real estate, but at least it's, you're not chasing your tail. Like you're not, you're not constantly out there hunting, right? Uh, where real estate, yeah, you got to keep going and make sure people are happy and keep, keep on it. But you do get referrals in. But to me, the, where I was going with this, the advice that I wish I was given back then, I instead of just looking at real estate that way, the way I look at it now is I'm in the business now and eventually I'll be able to look at properties and go, that'd be a really good investment. And, and yeah, I could buy that property myself and manage it myself where, you know what I mean? Like that, that, that's the bonus to, for me getting into this business learning it from the inside out. And if I can uh, acquire property, uh, you know, for me and my wife, my wife and myself, that's our exit strategy. That's going to be our retirement plan. Where again, 20 years ago, I didn't think, I didn't think of that. I didn't, nobody said, you know what, like, not only do you make good money, but you also get to learn how to manage things and acquire property. You, you become yeah. an expert at it instead of, just trying to in the insurance business, just trying to save your pennies nonstop to, to to try and buy a property. It would have been much easier and faster and better this way. It's better, but I guess what I'm getting at is it's better exit strategy in this business. Well, I think you have the ability to build a whole different level of generational wealth. Mm -hmm. You know, with real estate versus an insurance business. Yeah, somebody could take over your business or you could sell that business but it's a much different market and you have a lot more flexibility for your options to build that wealth in real estate. Yeah. And, and that was one of the, the breaking, the last breaking points with the insurance business 
I had a legal contract and this is what I'm owed if this happens, da, 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 da. It never did. And the lawyers, they, they charged a lot of money. It wasn't worth it to, by the time the lawyers took their money out of fighting for what's right for you, you're left with nothing. Where in real estate, I'm in control. Right. Yeah, I own that building. I'm in control of, there's nobody else to take it away from me within reason. Like sure, sure. Government can do what they want anytime they want, right? <laughs> or a hurricane come along and wipe it out and, you know, whatever, right? <laughs> but yeah. those odds are yeah, way different than somebody else saying. Yeah, those odds are variable depending upon where you choose to live. Yeah. Right? Like that's, yeah, that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, how are you branding yourself to differentiate yourself as a, uh, you know, Century 21 agent in Ontario? Yeah, I, for the most part, um, I think, you know, to say, hey, I, I'm, I'm honest and I'm hardworking and I follow uh, rule of ethics and I'll work for you and put your needs for it. Well, that, that should be standard. Like if you're not doing that, like, you know, um, I, I like to try and be a little more personable with people, a little more, try to work on the relationships a little bit more. Um, That's transactional. Yeah. More, I, you know, I guess more, I'm not into running around spending big money on flyers and postcards and billboards and all this kind of like, yeah, sure. It's a tax write off and all that kind of stuff. But I, I think what's better is if, if I'm developing a relationship with somebody that's giving me referrals, even if they're not my client, you know, they're just somebody I know. I'm like, Hey, you know what? This guy's a decent guy. Or he's a good guy. Or he's, a, you know, he's a funny guy or whatever. He's not miserable. He's, you know, that kind of thing. I, I think that goes a lot further and, it's not so much branding as like from a technical term kind of thing. Uh, like the branding is the logos and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And again, that's, that's what I like about this particular century 21. There, there's people at the very top that make all those decisions. Uh, you know, the other day, um, somebody was saying, Oh, what do you think of the new logo or this or that is, it's not what I think it's what all the general public think. And that's what these people at the very top do. They do all the studies of what people want to see in a brand, or what they what they want to hear as a tagline or what how they feel who they want to deal with. You know what I mean? That to me, that's what matters the most. I've been trying to use uh, hashtag Clint can. <laughs> I like <laughs> that. I saw that. I saw that on your uh, your Facebook page. I love that. Yeah. You know, I, I think in, in a few in a few ways, it, it kind of. It suits my personality, so to speak, uh, you know, kind of I'm more outgoing and more, you know, I like to joke around like to, you know, that kind of thing. But when it's time to be serious and, and get down to it and and, you know, deal with things. Yeah, I can do that. But I can also go and have fun with people looking at houses and it should be fun. Shouldn't be shouldn't be uptight about it. You know what I mean? But when there's a time to get down to her and. We need to, we need these questions answered before we, before we sign some sort of contract owning this mess, potential mess. You know, yeah. There's got definitely got to be a serious side, and there's got to be a, uh, it's got to be a fun side to it too. Sure. Like, it can be a very stress stressful transaction. Uh, even the closer you get to closing, the, the worse it gets. You know, um, and even getting going out and looking at houses, you just keep getting outbid or 
that can get very wearing on buyers, you know, um, depending on the market or uh, what we see a lot is the house is priced at this and it's like, it's worth way more than that. It's a game. They're pricing at this to get the most exposure from the market. And some people know like, no, that house is really worth way more and I can afford that. No problem. I'll look at that. Then there's other people that, wow, that's perfect. I can just afford that. And they just keep constantly getting beat out and, and, uh, yeah, multiple from multiple offer. offer situations, yeah. Yeah, and, and it gets wearing, it gets on them. And, it, you know, I like to try and try and help them through it. Like, guys, like, it'll come when it comes. It'll work when it works. If it's not next year or next month or two years from now, it, it's going to happen when it's going to happen. I can't force it. <laughs> Neither can you. It, it, it'll line up when it lines up. And I'll do my best until we get there. And I, I like, you know, and some, some, especially in my first time people or people that have a house that they don't have to sell. I just say, I'm like, you're in the perfect position. You don't have to be stressed out with this. If it doesn't work, you stay where you are. Right. There's nothing worse than somebody saying, yeah, my job's moving in 60 days. I got to get it done. Now we're talking a different game. Now we're talking more serious and let's get down to her and put the joke on the side. You know, that's, not as much as a fun transaction, let's say. Sure. So yeah, hope that makes sense. Yeah, I love that. So what is, for somebody listening, what is one thing that you would like to pay forward to all the millions of real estate professionals uh, in our industry? What is one thing that you would like to share as a gift with our audience? Sure. Um, well, let me put it to you this way. When I first started, um, how all these problems and all these complex things, like how do I how do I work this offer? How do I make this transaction smoother? For some reason, why most of them pop up after that uh, point in time when your manager or broker owner or broker of record is now at home and not answering the phone because they're done with their day. <laughs> why that happens, I have no idea. But um or you can't get a hold of them because they're in meetings and, and it's not their fault. I'm not saying sure. not, that that's wrong. They should be on my hours or my time. Like, don't get me wrong. But what I have, what I do constantly right now is especially a lot of new people. And there's some people that I, I, uh, I really respect and they might work for a different brand and I help them, you know, after hours or at night or on weekends. Like, and, but I just say, I'm like, look, I'm not the be all and end all of real estate, but, here's how I see it. And here's how I think you could approach it. Um, you know, why don't you start with that and see what you can do. And then when you do get a hold of your broker record uh, or somebody with way more experience than I bounce it off them. Like, what do you think? Like the more, the more questions you're asking, um, I think the better you'll be as long as you're not getting confused. Uh, but I, I've taken phone calls from coworkers and, ex-co-workers that I work somewhere else at 10 o'clock at night like hey Clint this just came in my email like oh my god aren't like what do you think we should do or you know how could I do this and I'll just okay well let's think about it this way da, 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 da. or yeah you know what I've been there I've done this and this is what it works and and because I've been that person <laughs> and I've been making phone calls late at night like I need help or I how do I deal with this and that is one thing that I do pay forward and I will keep paying forward. I love that. So ask whoever. 
Ask yeah, I, I, you trust to help make you make a good decision. Yeah, but I, I'm also one of these uh, personality types. I, I generally like to ask three different people, and if the answers are the same or better than, you know, greater than, <laughs> that's what I'm going with. <laughs> I like right? it. I like um, that. But I, I don't. I like I, I like three different people because I. I find if I go to four or five, it, it gets more confusing. That's when it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, no. And, and, and they I always say that uh, three is the magic number, hmm. right? And yeah. usually people end up somewhere in the middle. Yeah. I also find that, like, I've, I've, I've always believed right from an early age, you, you don't have to know everything or be smart or this or that. You need to know where to look. And there's certain things that I don't know how to handle with, but you know what? I'm pretty sure this person, that's the go-to person. That's the person that's going to be your wealth of knowledge. So yeah, I, you know, I don't crack huge numbers on the smartness scale, but I know where to look. <laughs> I know where to find the answer. I don't, I don't have to know it. I just need to know how to get there. So my takeaway on that is to be resourceful and leverage your network. Hell yeah. Yeah, Love it. Love absolutely. It. Clint, this has been great. Where can people find you if they want to reach out or if there's a referral or they want to know what's going on in Canada? What's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, um, I, I would just, you could Google my name, Clint Gage, which is not the answer you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Clint Gage. I am with Century 21 uh, here in Peterborough, Ontario, Canada, of course. Um, I think if I gave out my cell number, I just like, man, who the, you know, I took a call from Florida one time. I'm like, I don't know anybody in Florida and it turned out to be a neighbor up the road wanting <laughs> during COVID he was down there and he didn't know if he can come back home. And I was like, I don't know. That's, you know, you take so many spam calls and whatnot. Sure. Uh, my email, Clint dot gauge G A G E at century 21.ca. Uh, that's my email, uh, my website, uh, Clint dash gauge at, or C21.ca. Something like I should know this off by heart, but I'm an easy guy to find. That's okay. We'll Google you. We'll Google you. That seems like a pretty easy thing to do. There is one other dude, Clint Gage. He's out of, I think, uh, California somewhere. And he's a film director, producer, director. Okay. He's got glasses with me. My, my face is a little more rounder than him. And I, he's, kind of funny just like me but very very <laughs> i just thought it was pretty wild googling my name and this guy shows up and like holy geez man we could be brothers i think <laughs> <laughs> but no i'm up here in ontario canada um the office number here 705-743-4444 if i'm not in the office they just zip it through to the cell and i will connect with you you can find me on the facebook um can easily see my face, find me on the Facebook, send me a PM, DM, whatever the kids are calling it nowadays. I'll eventually stumble across it. If I don't get to you fast enough, just, uh, just keep in mind. I'm an old dog. I'm not used to DMs and PMs. And now I'm getting messages on the Insta and I'm like, you could do this on Instagram. And I got, you know, some younger, younger crowd saying, are you on the WhatsApp? And I know what that is. <laughs> You're gonna have to step up your digital marketing game, Clint. I'm pretty good on it. I'm above average, but that's that's like, you know, I I could probably show going the other way. I could probably show them a fax machine, a rotary phone, or a pager, and they'd be like, "What the hell is this?" 
<laughs> so yeah, but uh, just, well, Clint, uh, this has been fun, man. Thank you for your time. Thanks for being on the show. Yes, thank and, you uh, so much. I had keep a rocking real estate. Yes, thank you, Raymond. Thank you for all your uh, your questions and your time. I really appreciate it. Hey guys, it's Ray. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Thanks so much for being here and we'll see you on the next one.